Podcasts from the Cat. Thank you for joining us on the Cat today. And we're talking to the owner of a well-known crew-based company that's been run by the same family for over 100 years. Roger Morris is keeping the family tradition alive as the fourth generation to run the business, now trading as Crew Honda Centre, and originally started by his great-grandfather, A.R. Morris, in 1920. Roger, we're really pleased to welcome you to Business Brunch this morning. Good morning, Des. Thank you. Very kind. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Roger, as we've said, your great-grandfather started the business in 1920. Uh, and I know you're going to correct me on the name because, strangely, at this time, nobody knows his first name. So we'll just call him Mr. Yes. Morris. <laughs> yes, my father did tell me his name, but for the life of me, I can't remember. But uh, apparently he was, a, he was a very educated man, so um, it's, it's changed a bit over the years. But uh, yes, yes, the, the, the business was originally started uh, in, um, in the 27th of, well, on the 27th of May, um, 1920. So we're coming up for 101 years old later this month, which, is, which is great. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm delighted with it. The A.R. Morris comes from my uh, my granddad, um, which was uh, Albert Richard Morris. Um, but uh, unfortunately, he died before I uh, before I was born. So that's where that's where the A.R. Morris comes from when they became a limited company back in the 50s I think it was 57 I think it was so is the is the original limited company still live and kicking then yes we still we're still we're still called AR Morris Crew Limited we trade as Crew Honda Centre as um, a, a chap from Honda came up with the idea of you saying you, you don't need to be called AR Morris it's no good he says you need to be Crew Honda Centre and then everybody will know Honda you know and in crew so that's that's where we we kind of went from and and it, it, it was a very good idea. It was Keith Hansen, his name was, back in um, 99, 2000. And that's when we kind of changed the, the whole company round from that date. And um, we, we, we made great strides with it. But your father was responsible for, for becoming a dealership. Yes, back in um, 1962. We, we, um, we, we started with cycles. And then, of course, we moved on to the British bikes. And we, we used to do rally cycles, and the chap that was running the rally cycles in the in the sixties um, decided to move on, and he and he decided to to import these Japanese bikes. Um, they were called Honda, so he, he, the, they were based in Nottingham at the time. So all these Hondas that came from Nottingham, and he instantly went round to to all these cycle dealers that he knew did um, motorcycles like the British bikes. And, and he said, you know, would you would you fancy having some um, some of these bikes from Japan? They're called Hondas. And, um, and my dad had the foresight to say, yes, go on, then we'll give them a go. And, uh, and he said, oh, they come in a load of they come in crates, and and you have to build them up. So in 1962, when originally um, they came into Nottingham, and that that is where we we've, we've kind of started from with Honda. And, and is course. that did he do that to to kind of set the business apart from other uh, motorcycle retailers? Yes, m more than likely. It's it, as the British bikes were, you know, at, at the heyday, probably, you know, in the, in the fifties, sixties, the Japanese were, were kind of coming to the fore. You had to have the foresight to to say, right, well, you know, we'll we'll keep on with the British bikes, but I think the Japanese were kind of you know certainly taking over um over the trade by that time and you know they were they were 
just just about coming in the country then in in early 60s so yes it was it was you know just starting to come through so we had to jump on the bandwagon and get going with it so you joined the family business straight from school in in 1988 share with us how you develop your technical skills and more importantly roger the the business skills that have helped you make a difference in the development of crew honda center as, as a young boy you know I've, I've grown up with motorbikes all my life and you know i i um i used to come home from school and i used to go to 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 work with my uh, with my dad and I used to love being there and I, I've kind of from a very early age you know I knew what I wanted to do I left school in I'll say in 1988 and um, I started on a YTS scheme through my father's company and I, I went to Rolls-Royce for a month training um, as part of the YTS scheme um, and I, I then of course went to, um, to South Cheshire College um, and of course then I started doing the Honda uh, training courses, um, which was at, uh, at London in Chiswick, from from a very early time when when I first started at sixteen. But the 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 training that came with the YTS was invaluable, and I, I will always remember the 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 day release that I used to go on. Um, there was a you know the lecturer there called uh, Ken Don, who I still I'm still in touch with now. He still comes in to see me, and it was really down to him. Who's, who schooled me with? Um, we did IMI courses, certificates of management. It's um, and he, he gave me a great, a great insight into kind of the, the management of a business. And I always, I always say to Ken, I said, Ken, it's thanks to you. Um, what's um, what you know? What, what's going on here? And he, he's always laughing about it, saying it's not. It was down to you. But you know, the the the, the training that, that he gave me was invaluable, and I'll, I'll always be always very grateful to him. Um, the Honda training that that, um, uh, that we did, I, I first started, you know, technical training. So um, at, 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 at 16, 17, 18, I was going to Chiswick you know, on my own and would stay in blocks of blocks of days then there and we're doing technical training on the bikes because I wanted a knowledge of not only the business but also to start with the, the technical side of the bikes and there was no better training than the Honda training and there still isn't um, any better training than, than going to, to the manufacturer to see what's what's going on. And did you, know, you learn I, your business skills then from from your father, or did you go out and do um, do all the workshops and go to seminars? And how did you develop that knowledge that help uh, helps you run the business? Well, the, in the business side, is yes, it, it a lot of it was was kind of just you know getting it from my father and. You know, he always used to give me snippets of things and saying, you know, make sure you do this, make sure you do that. You know, you know, his favourite thing was overheads. He says overheads are the most important things. He says if you can keep an eye on your overheads and keep them to the minimum, you won't go far. He always he always drummed into me. You need a bread and butter thing. You need something that's going to bring in a constant flow. You know, that's that's that you won't have just by selling motorbikes because you're not selling motorbikes. You know, twenty four seven. Yeah. Um, you know, we we do we do car and motorcycle MOT testing, and that is what I consider you know my bread and butter because everything over three years old needs an MOT, and that is just the bread and butter kind of um, revenue that you need to keep to keep things moving. It's quite a strange thing being a motorcycle dealer because it's a seasonal kind of um, pastime 
for, for the if you're you know a leisure kind of motorcyclist. Um, we have got people that are you know um, um, you know using motorcycles and, and scooters you know for their daily transport. But um, you know the, the big a big that is one one section of it. But another part of it is is you know the leisure side. So you've got to you've got to have the right bikes at the right time for the right people in that you know those those kind of calendar months. Yeah, so I can I can see difficult. I can see the importance of of satisfying need and and also ensuring that you've got um, that layer of business that gives you your as you say your bread and butter income. <clears throat> Today we're talking to the owner of Crew Honda Centre, Roger Morris. Roger, uh, Crew Honda Centre is preparing to celebrate 60 years as a Honda dealership and you Mm. were one of the first dealerships in the UK. So tell us why your partnership with Honda is so important uh, and a little about some of the awards that you've you've won. Well, I do like a bit of history in the the business and I think it's it's good to have stability and the product knowledge that, that we've got. And it gives us a background with you know with with the Honda product. I think it's great that we've been a dealer um, since 1962. Um, there's not many of us about. There's only a, there's only a handful of the original dealers going now. What with people retiring and packing up, and um, there's not a great deal left. But it's I think it's it's great that um, you know like my granddad as, as was a you know was was part of it when we became a Honda dealer. Um, my father took it over and he moved it on and then kind of when I took it over in, in 2000 things were changing and but that's, I always remember it when it was kind of when everything came became computerised and, and my dad said to me he, he says uh, I'm afraid that's it he said it's over to you now and he says you've got to keep on with the Honda and you've got to you know move it forward and you've got to you know see it through to you know the next the next generation kind of thing so it, it's it's very important to me to to receive you know the we, we received an award at 50 years for being a, a dealer at 50 we re- we've received um, a 55 year a dealer award um and it's it's very important to me to get to the 60 years and i think it, it shows you know uh, great great things that we've we've done together um they give me great support honda do they're a very good firm to deal with. Yes, there's been changes over the years, but I do find that the Japanese, the people that, um, I mean, we're not working with the Japanese, but the people I deal with, they come out with these, everything you th- they, they come out with that you think, mm, that's not going to work. But they're not, they're not you know, they, they know it's going to work and they know in the long run, it's, um, it's, going, it's going to, you know, uh, pay dividend. And, and, and quite right, everything they ever come out with, always we stick at it. And we, we keep chipping away at it, and it it always does work out. And the great company, long established, and the, the biggest you know manufacturer of motorcycles in the world, and it's it's great to be part of it. And I want to continue being part of it, you know, for 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 the foreseeable future. And you wouldn't hang on to that dealership just because you've always had it. You obviously have to reach targets, and I'm presuming that's what you're doing. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, being being a Honda dealer, you know, isn't isn't a simple thing. The standards we have to meet, there's corporate identity we have to carry on with. You you constantly have to be changing. You constantly, you know, we have sales, we have targets for every mortal thing. We have, you know, sales target. We have daily parts targets. We have 
um, accessory targets, everything is, is targeted. And you have to absolutely be on the ball to meet these targets. You know, obviously they're not, um, you know, they're, they're very driven by, by numbers. You know, Honda wants to be number one um, and they are number one in the, you know, the industry um, for sales. You know, it's by a long way, you know, they are, they are number one. It's a very good product. It's not for everybody, but you know, ninety-nine percent of of um, people, I'm sure, could find you know a Honda product that suits them. Um, there is, it is very hard work to sustain the business with Honda. I'm not just keeping it going because you know because it's a you know a tradition. You know, I'm very passionate about it. I I, um, I love being a Honda dealer. It's um, it's very you know it's very close to my heart. I'm. I'm if you know, if you cut me in half, I'd say Honda, Honda through and through me, because it's you know it's it's that special to me. I've dealt with an awful lot of people over the years um, at Honda, and you know I had great respect for all of them, and I'm sure they had great respect for what I was trying to do, and we've always done it. And yeah, well, as long as people, uh, as long as you've got passion, I'm sure you'll continue to make a difference yeah. in the firm. Roger, the yeah. the last you don't need me to tell you this, but the last twelve months have been chaotic for business around the world. So as we now move towards the end of the current lockdown, share with us how you've dealt with the fallout of the pandemic. Well, yes, it's been, um, it's been a very tricky, you know, this last 12 months. Um, I've never seen anything like it in my life. But, you know, we can all say that. When we first got locked down back in, was it March? You know, it was like the whole world had come to a grinding halt. Um, you know, we didn't know what to do. You know, I think we were all in the same boat. It was just like one day we were at work and then the next day it was, everything was closed, obviously. So <clears throat> it, was very, it was very difficult to, to um, you know, to know what we were, where we were going and what we were going to do and how we were going to come out of it. I, I did find it very difficult at first because, you know, all of a sudden, you know, everything just comes to grinding halt. I've got bikes that were waiting go, to go out. I got bikes that were what people were waiting to, to collect that um, that they'd had serviced and repaired. You know, we had to start getting in touch with all those people, kind of thing. But as as far as trade goes, you know, it, it's very it's very difficult to all of a sudden be trading and then the one minute it's come to a, literally a zero. You know, you are you are kind of on your own. All the deliveries stopped, of course. All the parts delivery stopped. Everything stopped. All the production stopped. So the production of bikes, the production of parts, the shipping came to a halt. The whole, virtually the whole, you know, every, the whole of the network of, of, of um, you know, well, the whole world came to a grinding halt. But it's been it's been very difficult to see out those those months that we were locked down and, and knowing where we were going. You know, I, I didn't know how long we were going on for to be closed, or you know, how long we had to see it through. You know, could we go in? Could we not go in? You know, could we trade? Could we not trade? It was it was very very difficult, and but I di- I did notice that the first lockdown seemed to be different than everything else because when we were locked down first time, everything just stopped. Um, but I did think you know the, the 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 subsequent lockdowns, people didn't quite take it so serious where we did and we were closed. Um, but it, it was very difficult to see out those those times um, when we were closed knowing what was going to happen are we coming back will it will life ever be the same again today we're talking to roger morris the owner of crew honda center 
So having uh, survived the pandemic, Roger, you were served a, a double whammy with the UK leaving the EU. Uh, so tell us about the effects on the business and the changes you've implemented to ensure the future of your dealership. When we, when uh, obviously when we've come back from from um, the lockdown, leaving the EU has, has been quite a. I've noticed quite a dramatic change to the business since we had the you know kind of the, the decline in 2008 the 2009 um which i which i came off a you know a very good year it was it, it ended up being one of the worst years in that that time but i'd noticed a steady increase an increase in business through through those those years after the kind of the, the crash hit and just to the point where we had the the um the brexit vote as soon as we had the brexit vote I, I, I do believe that the, you know it scared a lot of people, and I noticed a sudden decline in, in certainly in motorcycle sales, in in all sales of, of of everything. To be quite honest, and it was a big concern to me that you know, again, was life going to be, you know, different again once we leave the EU? We were entering into the own unknown. Nobody knew what was going to happen. Um, when it has happened. It, it, for, for my business, it hasn't been good. I have to say, we've had you know two things happen. But I, I noticed that if if I take one part of the business, which is which is like parts, and if we look at tyres, you know, um, batteries, should we say, you know, a part of all all the parts, the, the prices of parts have shot up. Getting the parts is is you know, Honda's Honda's main distribution for parts is in Belgium. So they rely on you know parts from Belgium into the UK where they're stored in Swindon. Um, it has become very difficult you know to to predict when those parts are going to arrive. Plus the extra transporting costs of the parts you know prices have shot up. It's 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 not been good in that respect. I'm hoping in the long run you know maybe you know we, it will be a good thing and we you know we can we can trade differently. But certainly, in the short term, and the, the term that we've come in the in the time that we've come out of, of lockdown, it has not been good, you know, as as a business of a whole. But you know, it, we're coming out of a very difficult period, and I'm, I'm hoping that that you know it might be put on the back burner, and we might we might see improvements in in transportation, and and you know maybe it will be a good thing that we've left the EU. I hope anyway. So uh, has Honda adjusted the way they support you in order to accommodate the, these interruptions to the supply chain? What what they did, if we if we if we take the parts situation again, they're all stored at Swindon. They had about eighty five to ninety percent of the parts in stock there. They've had to to up their parts, you know, um, storage of the part to like you know ninety eight percent of you know um, parts ordered, hoping they will come out of Swindon. But of course, there's always something that that you're ordering or that, that you, you, you're trying to get that is coming from you know from um, from the EU, and that that's where the problem lies, and and also certainly you know the, the shipping you know of of say the units of the bikes you know has been a problem, you know shipping containers are costing a lot more than than um, they were um, coming into the ports. You know, I, I'll take a for instance. We had one model that was coming in. Um, the ship arrives with the with that bike on. Um, they said it was going to take a week to unload the ship, and they said no, you can't. You can't spend a week in port unloading the ship. You're going to have to go. 
So they had to literally turn the ship round and off it went with all the bikes that we were waiting for, for, you know, for customer orders and the whole of the network of the Honda dealers. And we were all just, you know, left stranded with, with, no, uh, with no stock. And we're finding that more and more and more that it's very difficult to get, you know, not only parts, not only accessories, but actual, you know, motorcycles itself. It's very difficult to get stock. You know, normally I'd stock, you know, probably up to 100 motorbikes. We've probably got about, you know, 25 in at the moment, new bikes. And it's not like us. I like, I like to have a big stock of bikes. I believe you can sell off stock. And, you know, it's, it's just, we're in very strange times. Partly because, you know, of the pandemic, obviously, but partly also because of, of leaving, you know, the EU and the Brexit situation. Yes, we, we are in strange times. So let's hope the motor trade can lobby the government and, and improve the situation for importers and exporters. Roger, the, the DVLA is almost a paper-free agency, but uh, having recently purchased a car, I noticed there's still a lot of paper being used in the motor trade. So mm. share with us how you use technology and automation to streamline your business systems. Yeah, the, the DVLA, you know, the RAV system that we use for taxing bikes and, and um, getting bikes registered for the road. Yeah, it is very straightforward. Um, it is kind of a paper-free uh, system, but there is a big but. And of course, handing handing you know a vehicle over, you know, you do need signatures on papers because we do have to adhere to, to some regulations that do need a signature and we need a hard copy of it. You know, if, if you're having a, a, a bike on finance, you have to comply to the FCA. Um, finance regulations, the GDPR for contacting people. We have to we have to um, comply to those regulations. We need signatures. There's, there's still plenty of paperwork involved, you know, in in you know um, handing a vehicle over. It's not just um, quite quite a click and collect. As people think, they think they can just you know online and and, and away you go. And um, we still do need you know you know a hard copy of some things, but. As, as far as you know, um, technology goes. Um, you know, from from say to start, you know, we have an electronic diary where we, we um, you know, if somebody inquires about you know a bike or whatever, you know, they go into the diary and we it, that diary you know um, prompts us to contact them in so many days. You know, we contact them and then they say, well, you know, would you be interested in having this bike? Or to come and have a look, and we make an appointment and. The diary is very helpful from the start to the finish of the of the of the process. Um, we're all we've also got a, a new. Um, I know um, if we're looking at the workshop side, we're just taking on this electronic vehicle health check. Whereas normally, when a when a bike comes in, we do a you know a visual health check on the bike, and then we have a paper a paper a trail of of what's wrong with the bike or if if the bike is okay. That is now going on to the electronic side. So that is that is going to be a big help to us where we do a video of the bike. People can see what's wrong with the bike without just having the paper, you know, saying, "Well, your tire's got, you know, two mil on, and the, and the you know, the limit's one mil." So it's, it's that's going to be a big help as well. Um, the, 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 obviously, um, I do believe that the way we are trading at this moment, I feel that we are kind of. I think the pandemic has has literally put us about ten years ahead of where we were um, pre-pandemic. I think people want to go onto a website and say, right, I want that, uh, say, we'll give an instance, I want that PCX125 scooter. Right, red, white, blue, you know, whatever, whatever colours there are, I'll, I'll have a red one. And they want to see it through online. That is what I am trying to set up with my web developer, David, 
and he's we're, we're trying to set up something where you can literally so many clicks and you can buy a bike oh I need a helmet jacket gloves right well you have a pack of clothing you know the size yeah. is a good problem but you know that's where we're trying to be at and I think you've got to work a lot smarter and a lot more with technology and for the future because I don't think we're going to go back to the way we traded a pre-pandemic I think we're going to be I think people have now got, got it into the heads you know I don't want to come in and look at this I know what I want I'll just do it online yeah, I think I, that's where I, we're going to go I completely agree with you and I'm sure at some point digital signatures will be the order of the day today we're talking to Roger Morris the owner of Crew Honda Centre Roger, the, the motor trade is going through considerable change with the demise of the combustion engine over the next uh, 10 to 15 years, in the UK that is, and the advent of electrically powered vehicles. So tell us how you see the future of the motor trade unfolding and what plans you have for, for, the, uh, for the business. Well, um, yes, it is. Things are, are changing. The internal combustion engine, you, you think he's never going to come to an end, but it sounds like it is. Um, you know, I, I don't know Honda's plans completely. I do know the, the, the car side. They're, they're, you know, finishing production of, of the engines very, very soon and going completely electric. Um, and Honda, one of the biggest producers, you know, of, 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 of um, internal combustion engines, you know, in the, in the world. So I know, you know, changes are afoot. Um, I'm a bit, I'm a bit surprised to be quite honest that it's going that way so soon. I'll be amazed if they can do that and get the infrastructure in, you know, for this battery technology. Um, I do know that, you know, we have scooters that are doing like, you know, 180 miles per gallon. It's that is absolutely incredible. I think. Um, I do know that in Europe um, they have, you know, say that that bike costs, you know, three thousand pound. Um, I do know in Europe they have the equivalent as a, as a battery, um, a battery option, electric option, but it's double the price. The, obviously, the UK have not bought that bike into this country at the moment, but it's definitely going to come. Um, you know, we're not going to get away with it. We're, we're not different, any different than anybody else. Um, all of a sudden, one day, we will have a shop full of electric bikes, absolutely no question of it. It's going to be a big change and a big, a, a big difference, but... It sounds to me as though you know the life of the the engine the internal combustion engine bike is is um, is coming to an end. Um, you know, as I've got friends of mine that have got um, you know one's got a Tesla and and one's got a um, Polestar, um, and they're absolutely incredible. But the only thing is, you do have to plan your route. You do have to plan where you're going. You know, it's not for everybody. But it sounds like we're not going to you know we're not going to get away with it. But certainly, there is a bit of life left in the, you know, the internal combustion engine for the moment, at least. I'm sure there is. Um, but, but taking that a step further, the the petrol station obviously will will change its face completely because they won't be selling mm. petrol; they'll be selling electricity, and mm. they'll find that um, people are either going to be sat in the car waiting for the, the battery to charge or they're going to be sat in a waiting area somewhere so um, I suppose it's an opportunity to sell them more product but it's certainly going to be a huge change across the country it certainly is and to get that infrastructure in for the time frame that we're talking about I will be amazed if they do it you know there's going to be an awful lot of vehicles out there that are going to need charging up you know whether it's motorcycles or scooters or 
or cars. It's um, it's going to be a big difference. Well, maybe we could come back to you uh, at a time when it it's moving into all electric and see what your thoughts yeah. are then. Roger, yeah. you've uh, you sponsor a local football team and are eager to get involved in other local charity events. So tell us about your community links and why you feel it's important for the business sector to maintain and strengthen these links with charities and sports clubs. Well, you know, there's, there's nothing better than giving. It's always better to give than receive. And I, I, I you know, I always like to, to support anybody that comes to me that, that, um, that I can, you know, I can help. Um, the local football team, I, I love being involved with that. I don't have a lot to do with them, but they said we're going to have a lot more um, to do with them this this uh, this year. Um, I, I've just done a, a, um, a local event with um, supplying some gear to to um, the Hickory Smokehouse in Gresty. They were doing a, a charity event, and I know somebody there, and he said, "Could you help us with this, that, and the other?" I was only too happy to help with uh, some motorcycle products that they raffled off. Um, we, we, I think it's very important to keep engaged with the local community. Um, you know, I want I want the local people to come. If you know, if they want a Honda motorbike, I want them to think, "Oh, I'll go and see Roger in West Street and Crew. He's he he helped me with that, or he did this for the community, or he did that for the community." Um, I'm, I'm sure you know everybody knows that. Um, well, may not know, but. We've, we've given half the showroom over to uh, um, my friend um, Raj, the, the chemist across the road. It's, a, it's currently a vaccination centre, and I think that's been, you know, another part of, you know, helping the local community. And I, you know, I guess a lot of people that come and say, you know, could you could you donate for my raffle, or could you help with this? And the, you know, I like to be involved whenever we do. You know, we well, we used to do, you know, like our open day events, and and where we used to have, you know, a thousand people plus. And it was always for charity, <clears throat> and we'd, we'd pick a charity, whether it was the children's ward at Leighton Hospital or it was the air ambulance. I also like um, I'm a big I'm a big animal lover. I, you know I love animals, and we do the pet food run at um, at Stoke. And whenever whenever Sidney's name is organises it, and he's always on the phone to me saying we're doing this, and we and, and I always give him you know an awful lot of. Um, gear to, that he raffles off and, and it, it all helps towards um, you know not only the local community but like the people in Stoke it's 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 a good thing to be involved with yeah I completely agree and I, I just don't see how a, a lot of these charities and sports clubs could survive without the support of local mm. business yeah I think I think we you know we, we all not just my business I think every business needs to you know to support the people that are supporting them yeah. And I, I you know I'm a big I'm a big believer in that and I I've always try and help. Roger, it's been a real pleasure talking to you today. Um hugely interesting and uh, as I say we should revisit it in in 3 or 4 years time and just see where the motor trade is going. Yeah. At any rate, before we go, should any of our listeners want to contact Crew Honda Centre, where can they find more information? Well, we've got a website. It's uh, crewhondacentre.co.uk. Um, our phone number is, is on there. All our contact details are on there. My name's Roger Morris. I will always be happy to talk to anybody. We're, in, we're at 146 West Street in Crew. I'm sure everybody knows it. It is a bit different at the moment because, as I say, people think, oh, half's a vaccination centre and half is the, is the showroom. But we are still there. We are operating. We are on the left-hand side. Please come in and see me. Roger, thanks very much for joining us here on The Cat today. 
Thank you, Des. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Go to listen.thisisthecat.com for more podcasts and more ways to listen.